Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ask me, ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram comment section. Leave them on your Twitter or leave them on your Facebook. We'll see them. We'll read them. Then we'll give you answers. You know it. I've got it. I've got the answer. The answer. You ask me. Rotunda. Rotunda. Why? Why not say a different word other than check? You know? Does that does the check have anything to do with the k? Well, why to make not? sure there's not a popping? Well, rotunda. The T. Why not say check? Like maybe it's check like Czech Republic. I don't know. It's um I wanted to do today's podcast closer to the release date because I feel like things are happening. So many horrible things are happening. And it feels weird to be like doing a podcast and then like a billion kids get shot up and you're like, anyways, I didn't have a Phillips head to put together a swing. Like trying to always be mindful of the tone of the nation while doing an Evergreen show. Yeah. Evergreen and also not like a topic, like not political necessarily, like an escape, but also not ignorant. But also like what's going on affects my mood and tone. And I don't know. I think- I would. I think people also want to be a little comforted versus like, we're leaving it all at the door. And it's like, well, this has permeated our borders and our homes. So, and we'll get into that with top and bottom of the cob um, coming to you today on Memorial Day. And uh, notice neither of us have been invited to a barbecue. <laughs> I mean, I am going to have a burger tonight in my, in my, with my parents. Does okay. that count as being invited? Uh, I mean, I guess they're tolerating you being at their table as an adult. So that's tight. I mean, we had a party yesterday, outdoor mm. barbecue, and I was just feeling so bad about the world and everything. It's heavy. Like, it affects you. I'm like a total empath, too. And I, especially since having a kid, like, drinking isn't the same. Like, chemically, you're a little weird. But I had a glass of champagne. Champagne. And I took down a bacon cheeseburger and a hot dog. I didn't think twice about it. And I was just like, I just need to soak up the sun. And uh, I felt great about that. Got to hang out. And uh, Did you go in the water? I did. And I think that was a big part of it. And then today it was just kind of nothing. So you just start, you're like, I guess I'll get to work on that outline that no one is demanding. So do this, go do Pilates at four o'clock, a totally normal time to do a workout. In like with someone? Yeah, normally she comes here, but I was like, I'll go to your studio. Can I bring my husband okay. and his bad back? She said yes. So, oh, okay. Eat this banana, drink a coffee, squeeze the dog, and we're going to go. 
But uh, right. not invited to any parties, so that's cool. Fuck you guys. Well, neither was the Pilates lady. Fuck you, friends. Or as you went earlier, the middle of the day. But <laughs> And is that thing, too, when you spend the whole day outside, like the next day you're like, I want to party again. But it's like, no, you can't. It won't be the same. So No, it won't. You had your fun. Today is the new Sunday. It's not fun today. I did have my fun. And I'll tell you what, I wonder if other parents will agree with this. When we sent out the invitation to the party, somebody noticed, they go, you know, you wrote like, see you guys soon, love Eliza, Noah, and Tianfu. And you didn't put Sierra May. And I was like, that's right. Because I didn't want people to think it's like babies, like bring your baby. So you can bring your baby, but if you don't bring it, it's okay. We were saying kids are welcome, but it's not a kid's party. Right. And there's a difference between a baby and like a toddler. Like your baby's just like a lump that's there. She cries, she goes to sleep. But like something that's like mobile, it's a whole other thing. And that's, we're not there yet. So I wasn't like, everyone bring your toddler so they can terrorize my dog and run around. You also have a pool, which is a big extra layer for having kids over safety-wise. That being said, the one couple that came that brought their little toddler, they were on her. Like, yes, she kept going to the house to like grab my dog, but like they brought their own (laughs) pop-up tent. Like they were on her. And so I can appreciate (laughs) parents that are like, yeah, I'm bringing my kid, but they're my responsibility. Yeah. And then another couple brought their baby, parked the baby inside in a stroller. Baby just sat there and chilled while the parents hung out outside. It's like, yeah, if your kid can't walk, take advantage of it. Baby said nothing. It was great. All good babies. (laughs) (laughs) Only the best babies at your house. And my daughter in a total diva move literally came out once and slept the entire day. She slept through the entire party. She's not a big, she's not into the pool. Is she, is she into the outdoors? What's the situation there? Can you tell yet? Loves the pool. We don't like her outdoors because she's very fair skinned. And my favorite part of the day was every time she saw my cousin Brett, she cried. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. We thought it was like an uncanny valley thing. Like you kind of look like my dad, but I know you're not my dad. So who are you? Tall with a beard. I don't know. But I thought he like picked her up, cried. And I thought that was so funny. That's our arch nemesis. There you go. Got to label them early, folks. Anyways, um, a thoughtful Memorial Day to you all. Well, you won't be. You'll hear this on Wednesday. So by the time it's Wednesday, Memorial Day will have felt like a year ago because time is squashed and pancaked out now. Mm-hmm. If it was ever linear. Do I tell my coworker's fiance about our affair? <gasps> Let's just... Oh, I love it. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Hello, hello, wonderful Eliza podcast gang. Thank Thank you you for all the sage advice and abundance of laughs. I have a personal and professional dilemma. I work in healthcare. So as you can imagine, the past few years have been anything but easy. Why? I've bounced around in multiple different jobs due to under and over staffing issues, due to COVID, et cetera. But a little over two months ago, I started a new job that I love. I get along with everyone. I'm really good at what I do. And although it's only been a short time, it already feels like home. I'm the only woman in my department and caught the attention of one of the guys. During my second week there, this guy slid into my DMs and things escalated quickly from there. For some background info, at the same time that I accepted this job, I ended my one and a half year stagnant relationship with my boyfriend and was eager for the fresh start. I was ready to fuck. This guy's attention was very welcome, (laughs) but I didn't expect it to go anywhere for multiple reasons. I'm 29 and a doctor. He's 25 and a technician. But more importantly, we're just very different people overall. sure. We started hanging out in my car on lunch breaks, making out in the supply closet, and eventually having the hottest, dirtiest, most vigorous sex I've ever had in an abandoned part of our building. You're a doctor? Okay. I mean, you know what? Doctors are people too. Oh, you're a doctor without emotional borders. (laughs) 
without scruples. <laughs> Doctor, we okay. We both agreed we need to keep it a secret, but I recently found out a secret of his. <gasps> One of the girls from the front end of the office noticed both of our cars in the parking lot late at night. She questioned me about it the next day, and I played dumb, but she decided to quote warn me anyway. She told me that this guy has been known to get around the building and has been involved with multiple girls that work in the office and warehouse. She then dropped another bomb and told me that he is in a five-year relationship with a girl that he's engaged to. Oh my God. He's had all these relationships with other coworkers while he's been with the fiance. <gasps> She's earning her master's degree at a school a few hours away and mostly stays with her family in that area. So that's how he gets away with it. I was devastated and disgusted and confronted him about it immediately. He apologized, has been begging me to keep quiet, saying he'll never do it again. I think he's lying and that this girl deserves to know. Oof. My dilemma is that I don't want to blow up my own spot at this new job that I love so much just to enact some revenge on him. I don't think he could get me in trouble per se. I'm not his superior and we haven't been seen on any cameras but it would definitely rock the boat and the whole dynamic at work. I'm also worried that if I were to come clean to her, she either wouldn't believe me yeah. or it wouldn't make any difference and she would stay with him. They already have their venue booked for their wedding in July, 2023. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I've been in her shoes before, so I see those reactions being probable. On the other hand, it makes me sick to think that he'll keep getting away with this. What do I do? Do I keep quiet for my job's sake? Is it even my place to tell her, especially since I'm not the only girl he's done this with? Uh. Or do I uphold the girl code and tell this undeserving girl what a disgusting pig she's about to marry. Thank you for all you guys do. Hope this wasn't too long. Any advice is appreciated. Thanks, Olive. Oh my God. First of all, <sighs> Jesus, that's so hard because it's like mutually assured destruction. Like it's not a great look, even if it's not illegal. I mean, you are his superior in terms of like medical rank. You're not his boss, um, but it's not a great look and... How hot is this guy, by the way, that all of these like intelligent women, which by the way, you could be absolutely hideous and be intelligent. The two are not mutually exclusive. Uh, how hot is this dude? He's just like- And he's only 25. He's gotta be so hot. Dude, gotta be so hot. Like male nurses, I know he's like a technician. Like those dudes are always like EMTs. Like those, that ilk are always really hot. It was like, I was gonna be a fireman or only rescue kittens or take x-rays. Like, it's always, like, a hot dude with, like, a lot of bad tattoos and muscles. Um, you know, here's the thing about girl code. It's not moral code. Girl code suggests that all women are always looking out for each other and appreciating the advice. And the reason we even have the term girl code is because somebody had to say, like, hey, like, we should be looking out for each other because maybe, like, women in that capacity don't. So girl code is great if we're all honoring what the other women are doing. But the fact that you're like, she, I'm wondering why you're saying she may not care. Now, I wonder if that's because you've done that. I know when I dated the psycho that I wrote good on paper about, I found out he, like years later, was engaged. I don't even know how I, I actually don't know how I found that out. Somebody told me that. And, for, and I was like, do I tell this girl? And I didn't because I'm famous, so I have better things to do. But mostly because I was like, he's probably already gotten to her and told her that I'm a psycho or she's made peace with it. And if I reach out, she'll be like, we've already discussed this. So, you know, your fear is that you reach out and that girl is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you bothering us? Which in that case, she's an idiot. 
Yeah, I think though that this person, the question asker, the reason I would lean towards telling is because the question asker is very much like, you know, I mean, no one else has told, like they're clearly trying to justify to themselves why it would be okay not to tell, meaning that they do, it's like this person thinks that the right thing to do is to tell, but she doesn't want to blow up her spot, understandably. It's your spot that's going to get, like your reputation will be tarnished. Like it's really, let's come clean. It's really not about the other girl. No. Right. So let's he, be she honest. She says it's for, it would be for revenge. She's like, do I want to blow up my spot no, for revenge? It's like, don't. I mean, no, do you want to do it to maybe help this girl? That's a different question. No, and you don't. And you will compromise. You worked really hard to become a doctor. You're only human. This guy was hot. Uh, it, and the truth is, like, had you gone out properly, it probably would have been worse because you knew you weren't going to be together. You're like hooking up in closets. Like, it's all very high school. If he, if you, if, if you felt, listen to me, if you felt there was a future with this person, you would have treated the relationship differently. You would have been hooking up, laying down in a bed that one of you owns in a home that you own or rent, not on top of a bunch of extra boxes of staples and scotch tape, okay? So, and like catheters, I almost said cadavers, but maybe that too. So I honestly, if I were you, I would just walk away. He is dead to you. You don't speak of him. You don't speak to him. You know nothing about this. Run, do not walk away from this guy. It doesn't matter if he'll do it. He's like, I promise I won't do it again. You're like, I don't care who you fuck. Like, I don't care if you hurt someone else. And that girl must have some idea. And if not, that's really sad. But because it involves, because you're a doctor, if you were like an office administrator, I'd be like, well, it's not that hard. And she's the only, she's, it sounds like everyone she works with is mostly men. So it's, she's in a tough spot. I would ice him out, go be a doctor, act like this never happened and don't ever do that again. Yeah. You're not trying to save that girl. So don't act like that's what this is about. And you don't want revenge because you both did something really dumb. You weren't going to be with this guy forever. So this is because you got your feelings hurt, but you were not, it's not as if you went into this with like an open heart and you're like, this is the man for me. Like he was super hot and it was super steamy. But even you said like you guys aren't like super compatible. You're on different paths. So just be like a man. Pretend it never happened. Move on. Just like he's going to do with you and his fiance. Okay? Yeah. Don't lock yourself in with this guy. Like don't get further entangled by involving her. Because you don't know what he's capable of. You have till 2023 before they get married. When the heat has died down from you and this guy a little bit and he doesn't trace it back to you, you could send an anonymous email in like six months to this girl and say like, your fiance is cheating on with you with a lot of women at work and it won't be directly yeah. tied to you. But I guarantee Just by then, be. you won't even think about it. Just enjoy the COVID, post-COVID blur of like time and people and places meaning almost nothing and move away, Okay. Go back to performing multiple Botox injections a day and saving lives. I don't know what kind of doctor you are. Go back to being an English doctor. That's the part that she didn't mention is that she is a school. (laughs) He's the overhead projector technician. Okay. (laughs) Love y'all. Our elder sister cannot obtain a job and I am worried. She works in the film industry and has for 30 years. She is a bigger lady and does not present herself attractively. We have long jaws and she wears her hair naturally, gray, straight and parted down the middle. She's 55. Is there a way to politely tell her that she may need to present herself a little more attractive and trendy to get a job? What? Who wrote this? 
I, okay, this person has an animal as their profile picture. So I went to their profile, which is private, but I was like, is this a joke? And they said they have long jaws because this is actually a family of animals that's asking me a question. First but, of all, it reads no. like a guy. My sister's fucking uh, ugly. I can't tell. I mean, depends on the job. Like nobody cares what you look like if you're like a line producer. Right. But so they're saying she doesn't present herself attractively. So there's a difference between does she look really hot and does she present herself appropriately in a work situation. Those are two different things. No, I think this is a guy writing this and he's like, you got to look hot or you got to try. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like the part or whatever. Nothing wrong with part. Okay. Um, Say nothing. Don't be an asshole. Your sister has worked in this business for a very long time. So clearly she knows how to get a job. I mean, it, does she smell? Is she gross? Like we need to know. I need to see a picture of the sister. And I need to know what she does. Are you handling food and you're a gross out? Or are you just like a little older and you are a costume assistant? Like, you can't write yeah. into the show with that. We don't even know what well, you look like. Also, you're saying like, oh, she can't get a job, but she's been in the industry That's for what 30 I just years. Said. Could just because right, but right now is unprecedented times with COVID. It might have nothing to do with the way that she looks. Yeah, or it might have everything to do if she's like an adult film star. So give us some more details. Send us a picture. Of, their, of your family and all your long jaws. Yeah, let me see those long horse faces. Let's see what's so hot. She's got to change her whole body to fit into your stallion family. <laughs> my hey, whole, Liza, Emily. Me and my dad are smoking. <laughs> my sister's a real lemur. Okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already struggling, stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time, no additional charge, and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. 
Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Eliza, Emily Snowpeach, Gracie, and Baby Tree Frog. I'm hoping you can give me some advice. I've been dealing with my fiance, 41, male, and I, 41, 31, female. Male, 32, female. <laughs> have been together for several years and are getting married April 2023. As restaurants have started opening up again and social gatherings have resumed, I noticed my fiance was drinking more than I felt was healthy. We have discussed it and come to an agreement about what a healthy limit is for him and when it is and isn't appropriate in the context of our relationship and blended family. We each bring one child to the family. He's making an effort and for the most part doing really well. He has a few friends, however, who are not the best influences when it comes to alcohol. My fiance has told me several times over the past few years that one friend in particular, let's call him B, gets in trouble with his wife for hiding alcohol or going majorly overboard at family functions. This past weekend, we hosted my daughter's family birthday party at our home. B came with his family and everything seemed to be going well until I noticed my fiance was visibly intoxicated. When we talked later, he admitted that B had brought over nips of whiskey and they had been sneaking into the basement to drink them in private. Cool. You're 41? Cool. You're a child's birthday party? Extra cool. cool. We had a long, intense discussion where I made it very clear that this was not appropriate behavior and wouldn't be tolerated. I went into the basement, got rid of everything, including the remaining whiskey. I was really upset and kept thinking that if I was B's wife, I would want to know what was going on. I snapped a picture of the empties and sent it to her. We exchanged a few texts expressing annoyance and the choi- and the guys and their poor choices. The next day, B called my fiance very upset that I had sent the photo. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Since this happened, he's been calling my fiance daily, saying that I messed up his marriage and have put him in a very difficult position. I apologize to my fiance for putting him in that position with B, but if I'm being honest, I think the guys did this to themselves. Yeah. Sure, his wife may not have found out the specifics, but she's an intelligent woman and could tell he was shit-faced the night of the party. She told me. My fiance is brushing him off and trying not to get us any more involved, but he gets upset anytime B calls. He does not want me to talk to B about it and just wants it all to go away. How do I handle this tactfully without giving B free reign to blame all of his marital problems on me? Additional info, in our relationship, my fiance and I have moved on from the incident and have set some new boundaries regarding alcohol. It's only when B starts calling or texting that this comes back up. It seems like he wants to cause us to suffer as long as he is suffering. Dude. Is it too late to not marry this guy? I'm sorry. Uh. I know you like love him. I'm sorry. Like these discussions, you are his sexual partner, not his mother. 
Like at 32, do you really, I understand you have a child and he's got a child, so you blend this in you know, and everybody wants someone and I get it. Do you want to be his mother? Like, do you really want to like be setting boundaries and having discussions? Like, is that a turn on for you? Put it to him like that. Be like, I do not want to fuck my son. I know that's aggressive, but like the second a girl becomes a maternal figure, like steps into those shoes, like your sex life is over. That is not a marriage. So that's fucked up. You need to put it to him like that. Number two, if he's a real man, he, and this is we this is the advice we give on this podcast when it comes to like, oh, I saw my friend get cheated on. Do we tell them, you know, like, do I say anything? I don't want to blow up my brother's fr- friend's marriage or whatever. That is not on you. You are not the one who cheated. You are not the one. Your friend did all of this and the yeah. wife would have known. So there's either a come to Jesus we're on a, you know, on a group text, but what he's doing is he's taking it out on you because you're the most vulnerable. He can't yell at his wife because they live together and he can rail at his friend because it's another man. So the fact that your 41-year-old fiance isn't standing up for you to this man and saying, hey, dude, like that's your marriage. Do not come for my wife. Is, Stop talking to us about it. It is yeah. a major red flag. He's disrespectful on so many fronts. This alcohol thing, I'm not saying he's an alcoholic. I don't, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't deal with it in my family. But the fact that you, it's so hard to have these conversations. And the fact that like, like teenagers sneaking alcohol, they're sneaking off to the basement at a child's birthday. There's so many, and you know what? Fine, get buzzed at your kid's birthday party, but it should be fun. And if you could hold your fucking liquor, both of you in the first place, this wouldn't be an issue. Why are you drinking whiskey at a kid's birthday party? Get a White Claw or a Bud Light Seltzer like a respectable human and have a light buzz that lasts all day. Not hard brown liquor in the basement. So Little mini ones. Yeah. I mean, first of all, like what plane did you jack for those? So, and by the way, the fact that they're mini means he brought them with the intention of getting drunk. It's not like, oh my God, we had this big bottle and I didn't realize we finished it. Not that that's any better, but still, there's intention there. I, I... I really don't like this guy for you, but let's say he's just not the brightest. The bigger issue is that he's not standing up for you to this idiot abusive friend. It's so gross to me. So you have- Yeah. Because they're saying, oh, we're fine now, but this guy like won't stop calling and talking about this. Like, By the way- Because your boyfriend, your fiance is allowing him to keep talking about it. He's allowing it. And don't make the mistake of thinking you're fine just because another couple has it worse. Just because you guys can get in bed and talk shit about that couple doesn't mean you don't have your own shit to worry about. So take a look at all of that. I'm very angry about him. I get so grossed out because I've I've dealt with this in comedy, like men that just are so abusive to women because it's safer. And you don't strike me as the kind of person that's going to like jump on that text thread and be like, I did not fuck up your marriage, you fucking alcoholic. So figure it out. And you know what'll happen is he'll go to treatment and then he'll apologize. But it's not even about that. It's about your fiance not respecting you multiple ways. Yeah, and this guy that's bad. He's old. He's Oof. 41, 42, whatever. He knows this guy's bad for him. And he knows that he could just say, hey, buddy, it's my future stepdaughter's birthday party today. I'm not going to go to the basement with you and drink a bunch of little baby bottles. It's not even the holidays. And you know what this all comes down to is lack of respect for you. Kick it! Banana! Hello. I had a banana. Hello, AI family. 
coffee. Around nine months ago, I learned that I have a first cousin that was given up for adoption at birth. My older sister found her on 23andMe and made contact. Our mom confirmed that her younger sister did place a baby up for adoption and that this indeed is my cousin. I was over the moon and immediately made contact. We are the same age and are building a relationship. She's also building relationships with my mom and my sister. I've since learned that my aunt, not the mother to this cousin, has not told her daughters about our newfound family member. She says it just hasn't come up. My mother is not going to spill the beans as she's concerned it will upset her sister, my aunt. For a little more context, my aunt who put this child up for adoption has since passed away. My older sister was also adopted at birth and later found out when I was 14 and has since been adopted back to, by my mother. What? Oh, wait. My older sister was adopted at birth and later found us when I was 14 and has since been adopted back by my mother. The surprise of having a family member I did not know about is not new to me or this family. So my question is this, do I tell my cousins about our new cousin yes. and risk family drama? The only thing holding me back is the potential for backlash from my aunt. The cousins are all adults now, 40 and older, so part of me feels silly for being worried. For the record, I did ask if anyone else in this family was placed for adoption. Luckily, this should be the last surprise, KD. I don't understand. The girl, the mom who gave up this baby died. Yes. So, who so are you worried about? If, why can't I understand questions sisters. when you read them? It must be the way that you read this them. This one is <laughs> must be you. No, no, I had to. I've already read this, but okay. So there's. Wait, can I just before living, you, before you go back through it? It doesn't matter. You're merely presenting the information. These things have happened, and these are all adults. And if they don't want to meet her, they don't have to. But you'd like to forge a relationship, and they're going to be like, "Who's this girl that kind of looks like us at holidays?" And you'll be like, "Oh, this is yeah. this is Mademoiselle Meow." She's French and my friend. No, she's your relative. Yeah, you're not telling no. a seven-year-old. You're telling a 40-year-old. That's fine. You're fine. Everything's fine. I don't even care what the scenario is. You're fine. It's not like your dad had a secret affair, which we've had that question before. It's fine. No one's going to get yeah. upset. This is a person with feelings. And if she's willing, no one has to do anything they don't want to do. Hmm? That's it. Hi, Eliza and Emily. My husband and I love your podcast, listen to it weekly, and would love your hot take on this wedding guest situation I had. Hot takes. <laughs> Ice cream cake. I'm 36, a woman, and married my husband last weekend. Woman. I had to be select. <laughs> I had to be select. Wait. To- She's 36 and she married her. I'm sorry. I was making a joke. Go ahead. Married my husband last weekend. I had to be selective about who I invited due to the limited venue capacity and the fact that we have fairly large families. So I invited six of my closest friends and their partners. I've lived in both North America and Europe, so all my friends flew in from abroad. Okay. I had no expectation for any of them to make the trip, and I was touched that so many of them did. One friend who I've known since we were 14 has moved away from our home city for work and it's and is estranged from her family. Okay. RSVP that her and her partner would attend the wedding. Historically, she has had issues with anxiety coming back here, and I've either made the trip to see her or met her halfway. I made it clear that I was flattered she would want to attend, but there was no obligation. She insisted that she was excited, okay. that her and her partner would make a weekend of it, stayed three nights in a five-star hotel, dined at nice restaurants, got her hair professionally done, et cetera. <laughs> I was happy that my wedding also seemed like an opportunity for them to have a vacation after being locked down for two years. When we were going through our gifts, I noticed that we didn't have her card. I asked her if she remembered who she gave it to, and she responded, LOL, no, I'm trash and didn't bring you a gift but ourselves. I said that was enough, and she said she knew I would understand. I've put myself out for her many times over the years, both financially and in terms of my time. 
This feels like a slap in the face since judging by her choice in hotels, et cetera, this wasn't a financial issue. Mm. It was a choice to show up, be wined and dined, attend the special brunch we made to say thank you to the out-of-town guests, and then basically say, I have issues and need you to be understanding again and be happy I showed up. Feels like she made the rare occasion in our friendship to celebrate me about her. Anyway, not sure how to move forward from here and also curious on your takes. How do you approach this if it happened to you? For the record, while I would never do what she did to any of my friends because it's tacky AF, I'm upset about the lack of gesture rather than the lack of money. A card literally costs $5. It takes 10 minutes max to write something nice. Um, You have your answer. She lives in another country and you never see her because she doesn't make the effort. So you can let this go. This is a part of getting married is that certain friends that don't fit, whether it's friends that aren't in the same place as you or friends that don't share your same like emotional capacities, they start to fall by the wayside. You're married now, your life will shift. This is not to say when you're married, you can't have single friends, you can't have friends that still party, but your priorities are different. So she gave you a gift by revealing kind of how awful she's become. You'll have to let it go that she didn't give a gift. You'll probably sit with it forever. I doubt you'll ever write a card or let her know because she doesn't seem like the kind of person that's receptive to that. I vote you just let it go and you now know exactly what kind of a person she is. I just, I'm so interested by the fact that the question asker actually asked her, like didn't have a card from her, reached out to her like, hey, like who did you give your gift for us to? Like actually followed up on it. But then the girl was was her chance. oh, I didn't. But then the girl said, I didn't. And then our question asker said, oh, okay, that's fine then. That was was when you could have said something. No, because that feels tacky to be like, where's my money, bitch? Well, so she asked where the gift was and the girl said, oh, we thought we were the present. And she said that that was enough. LOL, I'm awful. It's enough. And didn't bring you a gift, but ourselves. So our question asker said that was enough. No. Our question asker was being gracious and she was showing you, I'm saying- that was the what the second you said, did you give it to someone? That was her chance to say, I am so sorry. I didn't bring anything. It's in the mail. Right. I am so sorry. We're going to send it. I forgot. Oh my God, egg on my face. I, full disclosure, totally forgot. But she didn't. So she, she told you exactly who she is. And then you were gracious enough to be like, LOL, because we're women. Like, that's okay. Instead of just literally writing back nothing. So you've already made it okay that that's okay. And for you to go back on it, it's like, yeah, of course you're allowed to change your mind, but she'd be like, I don't see the issue. She's showing you who she is. So fucking listen to her and be done with her. That's it. She never visits you. You never need to go to Portugal, wherever she lives. There's no need, there's no reason to keep this going. Mm -mm. It's not that it's unforgivable. It's just inexcusable (laughs) and it's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're saying like this is another time she made something about her. So all like there you go. everything was pointing in this direction. Trust and me. There you go. I've been there. And this is not the first person slash couple that you will look back at your wedding pictures and be like, wow, we don't really know them anymore. It is called life. And you're going to have to get used to shedding friends and acquaintances left and right. The faster your life starts to ramp up. You're done. She gave you a gift and the gift was not one you wanted, but it was the gift of clarity. Further made more clear by this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's it. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. 
It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, Eliza. I'm ready. Prepared. Begin. Hi, Eliza. Emily Hot Scotty, Tongues of Snow Peaches, Little Pig Tree Frog. This pod is part of my Wednesday morning. This pod is part of my Wednesday morning routine while I walk my dog. Big fan. I rewatched Eliza's specials a bunch. Thank you. I think so morning should be a work, a word. <laughs> it's your morning routine. Morning is routine. your morning. My morning. <laughs> Someone's going to take this and in like six months, I'll be on tour in like Bend, Oregon. And they'll be like, they'll make a shirt that says my morning. I'll be like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. But I love it. Morning. <laughs> Oh, saw, saw in Philly last November. Oh, that was such a good show. <gasps> Question. How do you make the decision to take the leap away from your current job and realistically your current city? I work in healthcare, not a nurse, and have been in my current role slash location for almost three years. Some of the management and extra responsibilities have been disappointing. Many evenings crying on the way home, the works... I never plan to stay here long-term and I've always wanted to keep trying new things. On the other hand, I love some of my responsibilities, which I might not have elsewhere. My direct team is fantastic and I worry about all the stress and change that comes with a big move. Also worried about losing some friends I've made here. Very curious to hear what Emily has to say on this one since she so recently made the decision to move Ew, back to Georgia. okay. Well, just text Basically, Emily then. <laughs> Basically, 
When do you take the leap? You know it's not forever, but the pro slash con list keeps dragging you in either direction. There are a million more details leaning back and forth between staying and going, but I can already hear Eliza saying that's more context than she could possibly need. Oh my God, ew. Then you know what? Write into Emily's movie podcast and you guys can tickle each other. <laughs> Fine, Emily. I guess this one, I guess... I'll just no, I think you can advise on that. I think this is... When it's career move too, it's moving. It's like when you decide to take that leap when you're torn. Yeah. I think the fact that it, it, you like your coworkers, but you're saying you are crying on the way home yeah. every night. Yeah, that's every night. Bad. You're gonna make new friends. You're gonna like your coworkers wherever you go. And you even said like I'm worried about losing friends. That's part of you. You know, you keep the ones that that are good. And you make new friends wherever you go. Uh, you shouldn't be crying every day. I know that the world's been a stressful place, but you only have one life. And if you if your goal was to move around a lot, have these new experiences, no job is going to ever be perfect. Every single thing, even if it's your favorite thing in the world, even if you love stand-up so much, it's going to hurt most of the time. But at the end of the day, the pros should outweigh the cons. So maybe you have to make an actual list. Don't make the mistake of thinking just because you go somewhere else, it'll be better. It'll just be a new set of problems, but maybe you're more equipped for the newer set of problems. I vote go. I always vote go. I was well, go. right. I mean, just what if you start doing not the pro con research, but the research research of what does it cost to rent something there or buy something there? What jobs are available? Like, yeah. what town would you be moving to? What jobs are you capable for? Start interviewing, and if they offer you it and say, you know, you have to move right now, you decide: do you move now or not? Like, start just. What if you did live somewhere else? Start doing those steps, everything you can do without actually giving up your life and see if any of it pans out. Because maybe you'll get an offer for an amazing job that pays a bunch and you'll find a great apartment. Or maybe you'll be like, oh, that town doesn't have anything or it's really hard to get a job in my field right now okay. or whatever else. Oh my God, this is so boring. I also would say, I'm sorry, that was just, um, <laughs> I was so boring. I was like, if I tune into this podcast, I'd be like, what is this? It's supposed to be funny. I will, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, and advice. Okay. Okay. I always say, where do you see yourself in five years? And then what are the steps you could take toward that? But on a more creative level, and people are going to laugh at this, and this doesn't sound like the kind of advice I would give, but I do believe in this. Make a vision board. Get a bunch Please. of magazines. Listen to me. Get a bunch of magazines. And then what you do is you just cut out images, words that you gravitate toward. Doesn't matter why. I like that color. I like that shape. I love a palm tree. I like the word blueberry, whatever. Cut them out, glue them to a piece of cardboard and just kind of keep it. And you will see in about a year's time, you'll look at that board and you'll be like, oh my gosh, I have everything here or I'm on the way to having it. It is a very cool thing. And it's a great way to sort of set an intention out there and just kind of set it into motion. I doubt your vision board includes crying every night. I've done but it. if it does, great work. Emily, you could make one that has like, that has like Ikea furniture and like several cats and a, a feeding bar that you all go to and your <laughs> Me own- and the cats at a trough. Yeah, Tara Reed in a cage in your guest bedroom. <laughs> Sorry, that's that may all. may already be how she's living. I'm just saying, set your intention and move toward it but you, you should not be, some crying is okay, but even every other night, it shouldn't be, you don't deserve to live like that. Like if you died tomorrow, would you be happy that you like spent the last year of your life miserable for no reason? Right, what part, of, I'm wondering what part of the job is so awful because if you like your coworkers and some of the responsibilities, those other responsibilities that you what don't is, like must be really awful. She's like, I like them, but they hate me. 
I always try to throw Every day they bully me. I have a yogurt party. No one wants to mix in their own fruit. And I try to invite him over for for gluten-free crackers and watching highlight reels of my fourth grade baseball tournaments. It's me. It's me, Cynthia. Poor Cynthia. Poor Cynthia. Check it. Hi, AIA team. Love the pod, and I try to see you anytime you come near my city. I love your straightforward and empowering advice. What city is that? What city is it? She didn't say. They're not going to say they're anonymous. because they're lying. I am a... They're lying. <laughs> yeah, they're lying about Z. <laughs> Have you watched... I just watched the first two episodes of Hacks so where NG's farts at that store, and this person's like, oh my God, what? Oh, you're that funny woman. Yeah. What's your name? And oh, I'm such a big fan. I'm your biggest fan. I mean, whoever <laughs> yeah. they pulled for that, like, story of my life. Like, oh my God, you're... I'm a fan. But you know what? I get it. Because there are plenty of people I'm fans of and I'm like, but you're not a household name. But it is the worst feeling. (laughs) I'll be honest. (laughs) I am a 30-year-old female and my husband and I are trying to start a family. Unfortunately, I have had two miscarriages and the last one was really difficult because I had just announced my pregnancy to close family and friends. I have a few friends, not my super close friends for contacts, who have their own kids and are always pestering me with questions about kids whenever we get together. It's a dreaded question time after time. When are you guys going to have kids? They ask every time. Little these people know that we have been trying and have had two very sad losses. And I don't want to tell them about it because I only wanted to share that with my very close family and friends. These questions are upsetting and triggering for me, and I don't know how to deflect them when they come up. I want to say something that will get them off my back and stop asking me in a cordial yet direct way. I would appreciate your advice so much. Thank you. So this is tough because obviously it's always like tell that like be like, yeah, yeah we're trying it. But it, I, I also understand not, they don't need to know that. They don't deserve, if you don't want to share that with them, they don't deserve to know about that this. part of your life. But you know, it's a shame you haven't seen my act recently and you claim to try to see it when I'm in your city because I have my whole end of my act <laughs> my- is about this. Um, I have a question for you, and that is, well, I mean, I know the answer. You don't want to tell them about a miscarriage because it's sad. But if you want a guaranteed way to shut them up, you could just tell them, I've had two miscarriages. I'm doing my best. And they will feel horrific. And I part, right. of, the, part of the not want, I understand not wanting to tell people about it, but I can't help but think it's a big part as the way our society has colored it. It's this shameful thing that your women are supposed to be embarrassed about. And because we don't talk about it, you don't know that like three out of every 10 women have miscarriages and it is incredibly normal. It doesn't, just because it's normalized doesn't mean it's less painful. But I think there is part of that, that we're not, we never talk about it. Just like, and I get it. Like men don't want to talk about like erectile dysfunction, like anything that has to do with your ability to perform stuff that your body is quote unquote made for. It's it's hard, but that's a surefire way to get him to stop. Um, I will tell you, you know, like I have a a relative. All of us have had kids or are having kids, and I have one relative who doesn't. And we were talking about our babies the other day, and one of my relatives that is pregnant looked at her and she was like, "You're next. When are you doing it? You're next." And I found myself going like, "Stop! I'm sure she's trying. Like, stop, stop." Yeah. People don't even when I was. Even when Noah and I were trying and, you know, it was difficult. I had a friend that was just like, when's your baby? Like, when, like people mean well because they're excited for you. It is ridiculous that women don't get that. It's so weird because they're excited for you. But when you have the baby, they're like, not like, I got to come over and look at it. They just want you to also have a baby and be at the same life stage. I feel like my friends really wanted to meet my baby. 
People like still really do. Anyways, that's my advice is you could just say that. I think you need to reckon with why you don't want to do it. But, but okay, it is your information to share or not share. I mean, are you comfortable with looking them in the eye and being like, it actually really drives me crazy because we're really doing the best we can. And then they'll be like, oh my God, we're just excited for you. It's gonna, it's yeah. going to be uncomfortable because they will feel offended that you're uncomfortable. So you have to be, again, comes down to whose comfort are you more concerned with, yours or theirs? Right, and if you want them to stop asking so that you're not constantly reminded, I mean, is there the middle ground of that kind of like gr- half grimace of like, we're trying, like That's shrug, it. like- By the way, you know, that should be enough. It, and are yeah, you okay like, with brushing well, it off? What are you guys doing? Right. Um, you know- that's it. You got to be okay with drawing your line. People are not okay with women setting boundaries. So you have several options. You can either say, we've had two miscarriages and we're doing our best. You can say, you ask me about this every time and I am fucking as hard as I can, <laughs> as well-timed as I can. You know, you got to get a little uncomfortable with it. Or you have to be okay with brushing it off like, ah, I'm working so hard. Right. Or even like, you know, as soon as I have info I could share, you will be the first one to know. Like as soon as I'm sharing it with people, we'll we'll tell you. Like, I don't know, just like it it it's also presumptuous of them to think that even if you like if you were pregnant yeah. that you would tell them. Like it just it's such a weird area that people are uncomfortable hearing about miscarriages, but they wanna be all up in your business about every other piece of it, like it's the other insane. 90% of it. It's insane. So as a woman, you should practice just drawing that line, being like, we're doing our best. I mean, the cut the relative that was on the receiving end yesterday, was just kind of like, and you know, like a little bit of her heart breaks because she doesn't, you know, it's people mean well, but you need to just say, hey, I love you guys. You ask me about this all the time. It's very stressful. I promise we're doing our best. And hopefully that sets a boundary. And if if they still keep asking, then you can be like, what's it to you? Like, are you trying to sell this baby? Like, what do you want? There's no formula. (laughs) So yeah, that's tough. It's the thing. Do you want to come over and watch? Yeah. Why? You want to be there? Want to make sure everything goes in smoothly? Hi. Question for the pod. I recently lost my dog who I adopted 10 years ago at the end of college. She's the longest relationship I've had. I looked up the AIA episode where you talked about losing Blanche. It was a comfort to me. I know everyone is different, but I wonder how long it took until your grief subdued. It's hard to imagine when I'll be able to think about my dog and not immediately cry. Thinking about fostering dogs now, but not sure how long I should wait. Just wanted to get your thoughts. It's different for everyone. I don't remember. Honestly, I'm kind of like a dog in that like, I don't know what time is. Um, It was a couple months. I definitely, it hurts for, she said it was 10 months ago? Uh... No, I think more recently, but oh. she's had the dog for 10 years. Don't put, uh, yeah, that is a long, that is a long time. No doubt you went through a lot of big life changes with that dog. But again, that dog was there to get you through these things. That dog did their job perfectly. Don't force getting another animal. Fostering is a very kind thing to do. I don't know how you could foster a dog mm-hmm. without keeping it. I think that's how people end up being hoarders. But um, that's a great way to dip your toe. I do think... The second you get another dog, like your heart will just melt. You'll take them for all their things. Like it is this weird agreement we enter into. Don't put mm-hmm. a time limit on it. Just go through it. Yeah. If you sign up for the stuff, like you have some foster places, you have to go through certain training. They need to come and look at your house. You know, maybe start yeah. those steps. And or, then when they say, hey, can you take this dog? You're either ready or you're not. And then for you the same give it am- back. Same amount of exhaustion. You can just go to the pound and see if a dog speaks to you. Like Blanche, mm-hmm. 
was old. Like, I don't know. Like, she needed me. And Tian Fu was, like, so sad. And the dog finds you. Like, it's incredible that I ran out of sugar that one day and went to the store that one day that she was in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Don't force it. It'll find you. Yeah. But it sucks. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, AIA It's not the worst. I love you getting shot while you're at school is the worst. Okay. Kick it. Hey, AIA. Hey, AIA crew. I love this. (laughs) I love this podcast and just Shaw Liza's. Shaw Liza's show. What is, are you having a stroke? Maybe. What do I do? Live on the air. I don't have your parents' number. I only have your address. (laughs) I could write them a letter that you're having a stroke. (laughs) Go check Emily's room. (laughs) Quickly. I put first class postage. (laughs) I saw your show in San Diego. It was fantastic. It was great. So- I have a question. Okay. I've been with my boyfriend for almost three years and we've decided that the next step for us would be marriage. We have a great relationship and he is a great man, but I find that I struggle dealing with one of his friends. My boyfriend has had this friend since birth, since their mothers are best friends. I don't like this guy and wish he and my boyfriend would just part ways. The friend is a borderline alcoholic who makes a lot of jokes that my boyfriend loves him more than me or that my boyfriend should just cheat on me. My boyfriend has had multiple talks with him about not making these jokes as they make both of us uncomfortable. This friend will also often bail on my boyfriend or only use him to kind of get something out of it. I know my boyfriend struggles with this friendship and has repeatedly told me that he has to maintain it because of how long they've known each other and because of their mother's friendship. This friend would also be the potential best man at our wedding since my boyfriend promised him the role when they were children. What? Who cares? He has to keep his word. Oh, God. How can I help my boyfriend to realize he doesn't have to keep this relationship if it's hurting him the way he's saying it is? Any advice on what I could do would be great. So this is a thing that we, first of all, this idea, like I also promised several girls we'd be best friends forever. And I don't know their names Where are those bracelets? Yeah, they're all dead now. So listen to me. (laughs) It's this weird thing because- this happens a lot uh, when w- with men and women where it's like, I'm a girl and my husband, I mean, we had a question similar to it just now with the fiance who's like 41 and the girl's 32 and the guy's an asshole. Um, uh-huh. It's like, you're the, the bitch fiance and he's got this, for, somehow, for some reason, it's okay that this guy is like this and your husband has is not having a backbone about it somehow you're the one that's like, hey, I'm not insane. This is not okay. And your husband's like, I guess I'll talk to him. My husband would immediately stop being friends with someone who is that disrespectful toward me. Clearly this guy, the friend is threatened by you. He doesn't, and this happens a lot. I grew up with with a guy like this who hated the girl that his friend was dating, but then would like hit on the girl, which is not what's happening here, but it's a male fragility kind of thing, okay? Um, your husband owes him nothing. What your husband should do is have a come to Jesus and be like, you either got to get right with her and we can all sit down to dinner and like, you can see what you like about each other, but you're going to have to, it's going to be an exercise and, you know, kind of looking the other way. If he stays friends, like you guys can hang out. You just can't do it in my house. Like removing yourself from these children. Well, and speaking to the longevity of it, like if he talked to his mom and he was like, hey mom, your friend's kid makes, is really mean to me and like makes me feel bad about it myself and is using me for stuff. Like I'm a grown man. Do I have to keep hanging out with your friend's kid? I feel like the mom is gonna be like, no, I he, had no idea what your relationship was with each other because we don't all hang out as double yeah, dates of your mom moms doesn't and care. sons. And also boys have this like filial devotion. Like it's always like bros before hoes. Like there's this like iron tight 
grip, like, oh, we're friends. We've been friends forever. He clearly hasn't matured. He also needs a girlfriend, which is why he's acting so immature. But also never forget, once you're married, you will want to hang out. Like you could always like be like, we're hanging out with other people now. Like your friend groups change. We're hanging out with other couples. We're doing this, you know, and if you do enough of that, eventually this guy will fall by the wayside. But this guy is making you pay for a combination of his boredom, singlehood, and uh, him being immature. Mm -hmm. So I think you, this is what I would do. I would, next time he comes over and he says something, be like, here's what I think. And just lay it out. You got nothing to lose. Be like, I could be cool with you, but I need you to be cool with me. And if you don't like me for some reason or you don't like that Chad is getting married, whatever, that's fine. But then you can fuck right off. Yeah. Well, I feel like women were so, and I can't say that I've had to do this recently, but like we get so nervous about planting our flag and being like, you're acting like a little bitch and you're acting like a child. And the, your husband should be doing this. The fact that he's had multiple talks with him, this is not his brother. Like he doesn't, he's going to owe you something. You're his wife. Well, yeah, be. they're not married Fine. yet. Will be. But but start getting away from this guy now so he's not the best man at your wedding. You do not want that because you know he's going to do something weird By at the, the way, bachelor party. By the way, it's your day. You do, and also you don't want some fucking weirdo fucking, you don't want to be tense on your wedding day. Yeah. Practice making your life easier. I, I totally get it. I've had guys in my life like this where you're just like, okay, you can invite him, but he's a bit of a loose cannon. It is immature and you do not, the, the, the quicker you can nip it in the bud, the better. Yeah. But your, your fiance needs to get over this, like this childhood idea that we're best, but you promised him a role when he was younger. Who, who holds you to that? Yeah. Or get I mean, to the yeah. core of what's good about this friend. Because I definitely have friends that are like a little annoying, but I love them so much that mm -hmm. I could see why other people might be irked, but it doesn't bother me. So if you can find love for him, if you think it's worth it. Yeah. But he, he may be, may, may not be worth it. He may not deserve your grace. So your grace. Hey there, AIA crew. Super huge congrats on baby Sierra. I have a doozy of a predicament and I would like your advice. I'm ready. I'm a 33-year-old gay man, and I just Wait. married the love of my life. 33-year-old gay man. It was a beautiful, small wedding with just close friends and family. Because I am from Kansas, I moved to Oregon two years ago for my now husband, and we both have friends all over the country, we decided to set up a Zoom so we could include everyone that wanted to be part of the ceremony. How awful for everyone Zooming <laughs> in. <laughs> but okay. Background. I come from an extremely strict Christian upbringing. Ever since I came out, my parents have had a difficult time accepting me for me. This includes putting me through conversion therapy at <gasps> age 15 and having multiple, quote, interventions oh. where family and church members tried to guilt me into leaving my life of sin behind. Over the years, I've kept my family at arm's length because of this, but since moving to Oregon, my mom has tried to repair our relationship. This included meeting and getting to know my significant other to the point where they talked more than her and I did. I had my reservations because of the trauma of the past, but I was starting to believe that she accepted us more than she wanted to let on in order to not upset my father. So she was extended the invite to join the Zoom, which she accepted. The wedding was perfection and everything went off without a hitch. Here's the problem. The next day, my husband received a message from a friend who was on the Zoom. The message included a screenshot asking, who is this woman? Well, it happened to be my mom. Her and my great-grandmother, who lives with my parents at the tender age of 96, were heard making nasty comments. 
as we said our vows, my great grandma said, doesn't this just break your heart? To which my mom replied, yes, it's sick. (gasps) In no way do these comments ruin our big day, but what I'm having a difficult time understanding is if they felt that way, why not just decline the invitation? After the ceremony was over, she'd messaged my husband and I, congratulations. After the message from his friend, I was very upset. So my husband took the lead and messaged her saying that we knew what was said. At first, she didn't apologize, only that she was sorry she didn't know the call was being recorded. I have not spoken to her despite her attempts to reach out to me. What do I do? Do I continue to show her that love is love and work on our relationship? Or is it a lost cause at this point? Help. I don't know how to handle this. Oh, my God. Number one, this person's husband is a good husband who was like, you're too stressed. I'll reach out to the mom. Yeah. So moral of the story is- marry a gay man who understands and is in touch with his feelings. Sorry, everything just fell over. Um, I'm so sorry. That's so putrid. Yeah. Oh, God. First of all, do you even want an apology or do you want an acknowledgement? There's also the version where your mom is saying that to make your grandmother, the great-grandmother, feel better in the moment. 100%. Like she's kind of playing both sides. And I guess, yeah. If you look at it from your mom's side, your mom is stuck between like total bigotry and like a progressive way of, not progressive. Being gay is not necessarily progressive. People have been gay since the dawn of time. So it's not like a way that you choose that's progressive. But she's stuck between two schools of thought, what is right and what is wrong. And she is that bridge. So I think at the very least, it's kind of like if you knew your mom thought it was actually sick. I don't know. I don't know that I could ever be exchange kind words with her. It's like when you talk to someone who really believes you're going to hell, I'm like, so any pleasantry or anything nice you say, I'm like, you think I'm going to burn forever. Like you're not, you don't, no matter how nice you are to me. I I don't, what she said isn't acceptable and how she acted isn't acceptable, but there is still the chance that yes, she is coming around and she, like you said, doesn't want her husband to know that she has more progressive views and she's there with her mom who probably is a million times more homophobic than she is, doesn't want her mom to know that she might start having, quote, progressive views. Like, she saved herself in that instance at your expense. And I think it's gross that when confronted, she didn't apologize. And I'm sure that- if it wasn't hate, it was embarrassment. Yeah. So either she is hateful or she's like a little bit of a coward. Yes. And, and you could forgive her for that. And you could forgive her. Yeah. For, and by the way, this demand that we have in society where it's like, look, your mom is wrong. And being gay is a yeah. very normal thing. That being said, if you grew up in an environment like that where you don't, I mean, there's probably a lot, most of your family's probably gay, but they're all closeted and super in denial. But let's say if you grew up being told the earth is flat, No, fuck it. If you grew up being told the earth is round and then someone much smarter is like, actually, it is flat. And it turned out that being flat is correct. Like it would take you a minute to wrap your mind around it. And that goes for anything, anytime things were the way that they were, regardless of civil rights and LGBTQIA, all those rights. If you grew up like with things cemented a certain way and your experience is a certain way, And all of a sudden, people are livid at you for not fully understanding something that you thought was truly evil. Mm -hmm. We need to give people, I know this is, no one's going to like this. You got to give people like a little bit of grace. So it seems like your mom is doing her best to like recalibrate her brain. And if she misstepped, I think what you want to hear from her is that she doesn't believe that and she's trying. Or she's like, I do believe that, but I'm trying to see another way. 
Because right. she's not necessarily evil. She's just ignorant. And there is a difference. Can you have one more conversation with her away from her husband, away from her mother? Like either you and her alone or you and your partner alone. It sounds like she gets along with your partner. And see where it nets out then and just be very honest with her about how it made you feel. And if even then she's still just like, no, I'm just mad it got recorded, then y'all have your answer. But I don't think it's totally a lost cause right now. But it could be. She could say she could be a totally hateful and yeah. she it was all an act, but I think you'll feel better knowing and trying. Yeah, wouldn't you rather know what's truly in her heart versus how she's acting? Um, I like the idea of coming from love, but it doesn't feel good for you to continue mm. to hang out with her knowing that your mom thinks you're going to burn. So get to the root of it. It's hard to always come from love because especially when people are dumb, it's really hard to love stupid people. And yes, I'm sorry, your mother. Really? Your mother's ignorant. I don't know if she's stupid. Um, and so at a certain point, ignorance is a choice. But again, if her world has always been a certain way, that's difficult. But it, she does love you because she has been making those efforts. And in that moment, if she, you know, look, Everybody says bad things. Everybody has made a racist joke. Oh, shocker. I can't believe Eliza's. Everybody's made a poor joke. Everybody said the wrong thing at some time. It is a bummer that it was recorded, but it's actually a gift because now you get to really have, like, this is where the work comes in. I wonder if, it's interesting that she brought the great grandmas. Like, I wonder if she thought, like, maybe this will kind of be the olive branch and seeing, like, our her great-grandson get married. Like, that's a big deal. And then grandma started getting hateful. And she was like, oh, pivot, pivot. Or maybe, okay, me too. Maybe she's so old that you're like, maybe she'll think he's marrying a girl. <laughs> it's so blurry on this Zoom. And like, I don't know. But a tuxedo. It, she sat, she, I'm also curious, did she join the Zoom like dressed up? Like she joined who, it with the intention of- Also like of, who logged grandma celebrating on? You. She didn't like have her- Well, own. I think they were together in a room oh. like gossiping and didn't know that they could be heard. But she clearly, she made it an event. She brought great yeah. grandma over to the computer screen. I, I would, I wonder if she was trying to like show her and then it just went bad yeah. and she was embarrassed and she was scared of the reaction. And that's again, not okay. She should protect you, her child, but- that's so, a separate so issue. Get, get, get to the bottom of those things. But I have no, I think, yeah, being the bigger person never, never feels good. No. <laughs> People act like it's so great to be, I'm magnanimous and I'm just so understanding. It really sucks. I hate it. Yeah. Of the cub. Okay. This is a top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. My top of the cob is okay. This is not, I don't know if this will resonate with you, but every night my husband goes to bed and I watch TikTok for three to four hours. And <laughs> with headphones in or just loose, loud in the room? Just on the lowest volume because he's like out to because he listens to a podcast. Anyways, um, I have a lot of thoughts about nostalgia and elder millennial nostalgia. And I always think about how our generation is the first generation to be in control of like in a major way, their content and their nostalgia and have it fed back to them while simultaneously watching the younger generation also come up. If you're a little bit older than this, there's just, there's probably more millennial nostalgia uh, because Gen X kind of already had theirs and it's just kind of interesting anyway. Uh, and most stuff has been discussed about malls and old TV shows, stuff like that. And every once in a while, something will pop up. It'll be like a nostalgia thing. And then sometimes I'm just like, oh, I never watched that show or I don't remember that type of lip gloss. And they played the intro to that show, Pete and Pete, that was on Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. 
And mm-hmm. I remember watching Pete and Pete, but it always came on like after a show I wanted to watch. And I, it was a weird show that now that I look at it is an awesome show. But at the time I was like a little too young for it to like comprehend what they were yeah. talking about. But they played the intro and I just laid there at 39 in my bed covered in goosebumps because I hadn't accessed that memory. That's my alarm. That's my alarm to go to Pilates. I hadn't accessed my memory in so long. And it's so rare to get a hit like that. And we had some people over and one of Noah's friends came over, this guy, Justin, super nice. And he's 39 too. And we were, I was playing some whatever hip hop and we were talking about music and stuff like that. And I was like, do you want to hear something crazy? And I played it for him. And it was so, it was such a connection. Like it's such a rare thing when you find someone your exact age and you're like, hey, do you remember the way things were? Like how we felt when we felt safe? And I played it for him and I just watched him go, oh my God. And he goes, I'm covered in goosebumps. And I was like, me too. It was like, we were rolling on Molly, but we were both like dead sober. Well, not sober, but- Danny Tamborelli. Oh my God, like in a pool. And I was just like, it was a nice moment to connect with someone of your generation. And it was just very cool. And if you are around my age or maybe even a little bit older, go on YouTube and Google Pete and Pete, like theme song and just watch it access every serotonin- neuron whatever in your brain and you'd be like holy fuck this song yeah oh my god i think about it now i don't even love the show but just wow wow that was my top of the cup uh my top of the cob i'll do my media related one i'm just so happy for jennifer connelly good for her hit after hit top gun maverick it's supposed to be incredible it's supposed to be incredible to i need to see it in imax it's supposed to be so good 150 million dollars opening weekend a- yeah, I mean, and he finally has an age-appropriate love interest is Jennifer Conley, who I think has never gotten her due despite, you look at her resume, it's like Requiem for a Dream, yeah. Um, yeah, A Beautiful Mind, like mm. hit after hit, a bunch of indies that had like 7.0 yeah. or greater on IMDb. Great career. I hope this revitalizes her. I want a superhero movie starring her. I love Ooh. Jennifer Conley. Um, I think for so a whole I'm excited to see that. generation, people just remember her as the ass-to-ass girl. In Requiem. I know, but, or they, Labyrinth, you know, yeah. or she, uh, that was the big one, Phenomena, that, that, um, can I just, Dario Argento, Italian, like, weirdness. Can I just say something about Tom Cruise? My husband talks about this because he loves, Tom Cruise is, my husband always says this, is like one of the last, like, movie stars, like, can open a movie, yes. blockbuster movie stars, for sure. Does 100%. all his own sense, super awesome. Not a lot of romantic chemistry roles with Tom Cruise. So the, no. I guess Jerry Maguire is the last like romantic one. But in general, like the girl is inconsequential and it's all about him running and being a dude, whatever. So the fact that she's age appropriate, it's like you probably could have been said like to him, like this is your co-star and he'd be like, whatever. Any woman, doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not about her. So why not make it age appropriate? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to to see, and maybe they'll have some. I feel like I saw some tweet joking that like the sex scene was just them talking to each other, and I was like, great, good. That's <laughs> just, what, what do you want from Tom Cruise? Keep, I, he's, do you want us? Do are we wanting to see a Tom Cruise sex scene? There are plenty of attractive lead men. Like I don't want to see The Rock having sex. Like there are no. very few men actually that I want to see having sex with me. Okay, go ahead. What's your bottom of the cup? My bottom is, I decided to go a little better than Ikea, and I went for moderately priced Wayfair furniture. Nice. <laughs> um, but here's yeah, the problem. Yeah, get you one of those, ki- one of those traffic kids. <laughs> Look one up Wayfair kids. Conspiracy. No kids came in my boxes. No adrenochrome. I got, 
here's the problem is two of the things that I've built so far, they just are like, oh, we didn't put the, we didn't pre-put holes in that for you. You put the holes in. What? Like there's a hole on one side that the thing goes through, but the thing that it sticks to doesn't have a hole. They're like, yeah, you put the hole. And I'm like, why? Why me? Why didn't you do it? How yeah. much longer would it have taken you for you to put the hole? <laughs> this isn't fair to me. They're like, do you want it cheap or not? So we'll see if any of this stays together or if in like six months, I mean, it just all collapses. If they're not even putting the holes, like why not be like, here's some raw timber. You have to remove the branches. <laughs> and they're putting like half the holes, okay? That's what's That's so weird. weird. They'll put the hole on one piece, but not on the other piece. And I'm like, give me like a little, like an indent. Give me something. something. Don't make me figure it out. Don't make me be responsible when this thing crashes, when this dinette set crashes onto me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, my bottom of the cob is super heavy. Oh boy, okay. I mean, I talked a little okay. bit about this on Instagram, but it is just kind of speaking to that, this really heavy feeling that we were all feeling and then the Uvalde shooting happened. And of course, because I'm a mother, it hurts even more. Um, and how like there's just not getting, the fact that most Americans want gun control and most Americans want things to be better. And it's just a select few that's just holding on to these ideals as if it's your like birthright to be a fucking terrorist. Um, yeah. And I think my bottom of the cob is I'm already an empath. Like I already feel things all the time. And although I'm like really brutal when it comes to like a lot of people's feelings, I'm like, I don't care if they die. But I was just feeling really bad for several days, like just heavy and sad, which I'm glad because if something like horrific, as horrific as that happened, and I'm like, anyways, like I'm glad that I feel bad. That lets me know that I'm a human with a heart. And I've called both of my parents, like trying to feel better. You know, like something bad happens, you call your parents and they're like, look, this is just what happens, da, da, da. And both parents kind of were just like, I mean, my mom gave me some perspective. I can't say it felt better. But the bottom of the cob is that don't know that it's going to get better. And I'm talking about the planet and the country and our future and everything. But we have no choice but to endure. And if you think about horrible things that people have gone through, war-torn countries and being invaded and natural disasters, as long as nothing takes you out, you have the opportunity to try to make it as good as you can because that is your only yeah. choice. Because we're not going to lay down and die. But my bottom of the cob was that talking to my parents, like I couldn't, there's no solace to be offered. Uh -uh. And I can't find uh, anything that I keep looking for someone to be like, no, it's going to be okay because, and it's a little bit of a gift, gift knowing that I don't have to search that out because it's not going to happen. So I can just kind of start to, like if it's like, okay, look, you're going to lose your leg. Now that you know that, let's talk about fake legs versus like, maybe yeah. I'll keep it like once you have the facts. And so, um, yeah, that's my bottom is that uh, it's not even about getting better or stay getting worse. It's just, they're going to be very different. And I think, right. I just, right. Because it feels like we're continually towards a breaking point. And every time we're like, oh, somebody's going to have to do something now. It's like, well, I guess not. I guess this is just, this is the trades off the tracks. Yeah. And I, of course, because I have a daughter now, I'm like, I hope I don't leave her in like a fiery pit of an existence. And the good news is she won't know what half the animals that I knew were because they'll all be gone. She won't know how bad, how much better it could have been because she wasn't around for it. But 
Yeah, my bottom of the cob is I couldn't find any solace this week. But what happens no. is you don't stay sad. You just, it becomes normalized. So I guess we can look at it in a good way. Anyways, that was my really sad bottom of the cob. I, I just want to say, just for anyone listening out there, and I, I'm pretty sure we all agree, but you know, I do have listeners from all walks of life and being a conservative person, voting for something conservative doesn't mean that you're a bad person. That's so ignorant to think that. Most people are just fiscally conservative. You've got your values, but a gun is, I'm going to be very specific about this. I know people want to turn this off, but just please listen because I'm not being mean about this. I'm not being aggressive. A gun is used for killing. There is no alternative use for a gun. And if you want to have a shotgun to protect yourself against a bear or someone invading your home, great. You want to, you should have a background check, but there is no reason for an automatic weapon. There is no, I mean, unless right. that deer really has it coming. Like you wouldn't be able to eat a deer that you shot with that because there'd be so many bullets in it. And some of the children at that shooting had to be identified with DNA because their bodies were so mangled. And there's just, if we could just remove the out of my cold dead hands, antiquated Charlton Heston NRA right clinging, what do you actually need an assault rifle for? What are you doing? At the end of the day, if you can remove your righteous indignation toward the idea that someone's taking away something that you probably didn't deserve in the first place, no one's saying you can't have a gun. No one's saying you can't have an axe. No one's saying you can't go to a gun range, but why do you need that? And I grew up around guns. My best friend, her parents had Winchester rifles and they would do shootings and there was always gun safety and stuff like that. And we have to think as a society, if enough people, because it has been hundreds, are getting access to these weapons, these are not toys, we have to, because there's a rot in our society, we have to do, this is a democracy, what's good for the, for the greater good. And I, you have to know that the whole reason this agenda is being pushed is because the people who are implementing these laws and keeping them the way that they are, are receiving money from an organization. So you and your friends, you will know people who die so that Ted Cruz can get like a gold butt plug. I'm not even joking. Like it is all to make, when you start to realize like we're burning the earth, people are dying and it all comes down to people making money. This has nothing to do with religion or rights. This is what is fed to you. It's also people can make money. Abortion, same thing. This has nothing, they're letting all the religious people take up arms because that way the cause looks justified. But if you mm -hmm. keep people poor and pregnant, then you have a lower class. Not only do you have someone to blame for things, but you have someone to work in your factories. You have people to put in your prisons. This is making someone money. Nothing gets done. If saving the environment were lucrative, people would do it. Which is why I choose to invest in companies that like use plastics and don't use uh, fossil fuels for things. So... It's not a righteous cause. And hopefully people will realize you're giving your lives and you're fighting tooth and nail to make someone rich even richer. So please just think about that when you vote. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince 
Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.